all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. This is Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Now, the reason I'm singing that and I'm starting off that way and I want to go outside, I know it's in the rain. Those for the old school buffs that's probably saying, man, it's in the rain. It ain't in a, it ain't in a night. But the reason I'm saying night because I'm outside. And it's been a while, it's been a few calendars since I've done a podcast outside. You could probably hear the cars going by and uh, and things like that because I'm at Soldier Field. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at Soldier Field, yay, right in front of the stadium here. And I'm doing an outside podcast. It's really nice out here. It's kind of in a somewhat mid-60s in uh, downtown Chicago. So I'm doing an outside podcast, which is cool. You know, I like doing shows outside and everything like that. It's just some that uh, makes it more real, makes it more. I got, I got such a freedom. You hear the sounds. You Sometimes you hear the craziness and stuff going on around. You're not shooting the stuff like that. I'm not talking about that, but just the sound. Like you hear, some of it is aggravating. It depends how close it is. <laughs> but I'm in a pretty cool area that I can uh, walk around and I can check out things and everything like that. It's dark. I mean, man, the area I'm at is really dark. Uh, they have a set up here that they're going to do a show in this area. And I'm just looking out for this area this around here. So this is going to be an outside show. So you're going to hear some sounds. You're going to hear a little noise sometimes. It's not as loud as it usually be, but remember, this is by Soldier Field, and it's Friday night. So a lot of things goes on, and it's a lot of things that happens at Friday night in downtown Chicago around Soldier Field, Millennium Park, you know, Grand Park, those areas, et cetera, and stuff like that. So, excuse me, you might hear a little action as far as uh, cars blowing and stuff like that. Traffic. In other words, traffic. Okay? Hello, everyone. How you doing today? Good morning. Good mid-morning. Good afternoon. Good mid-afternoon. Good evening. Good mid-evening. And to all my night listeners in the U.S. of A. and around the world internationally, welcome to tonight's show. It's a nice show. Okay. Now, 
for the ones that have been listening to my podcast and keeping up with me for the last three or four nights, you know I'm doing a little short uh, expose and a little short uh, teaching on what is a real Christian. These are for the ones that's been uh, keeping up with me. I'm doing an expose on what is a real Christian. For the ones that's just tuning in, uh, please, if you want to know more about that, go back to my last four four uh, previous shows to try to get some type of feel where I'm going. You know, because studying me trying to reiterate and go back and try to uh, piggyback, well, not piggybackwards and try to review or what I was trying to teach and do and, and stuff like that. I'd rather for my new listeners uh, to go back or you, uh, for the ones that just tuning in to please go back to my last previous show so you can know what's going on. You know, with, with this one, I'd rather you do that first. But if not, it's okay. It's real cool, man. You can just, we can, you just go from this one and then go backwards. You know what I'm saying? You can just listen to this one and go backwards. Now, I'm going to get right into this. And these shows been averaging about an a hour, 15 to an hour and 30 minutes. So it's a long show. Reason being, I have so much information to get out there. Sometimes what I plan on saying, I don't plan. <laughs> it just comes out. See, I... The last, mostly most of my shows, it's like made spontaneous. I just go by memory and I just find things to talk about, you know, just just spontaneous right off the cuff, right off the back. And I just get right into it. Okay, and I will let you know sometimes if it's a topic without a topic, meaning it's just a topic I just came up with, but I haven't even gave it a name. Or I don't even know what exactly what I'm going to be talking about. But believe me, I will find something to talk about. Okay? That will happen in my shows. So I might talk about several things. These are for my newbies. You know, uh, that's just tuning into my show. I might talk about several uh, subjects and several topics, but no matter what topic I talk about, because I, I, I talk about different things, uh, 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 worldly events, local events. You know, I might get into the weather. I might get into entertainment and sports or per, uh, 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 special interest in certain people and everything like that. But it's always going to be it's always going to be looked at out of a lens of a Christian and a biblical perspective, because this is a Christian show. So no matter what I dig into and whether I'm uh, lifting up something or I'm ranting, I'm going to bring it back to a biblical, a Bible perspective in the conclusion. Okay. So for the last few uh, shows, I've been dealing with the, uh, the uh, situation in Christianity. And what I mean by that I want to just teach people or give someone the saved and the unsaved, uh, mainly the unsaved, uh, idea what is a real Christian. So I dealt with different things from churches and definitions. What's the difference between the body of Christ, believers, and Christians? Are they the same? Are they used interchangeably? Yes, they are used interchangeably. But people use the term Christian saved and the unsaved because that's the more known, that's the more traditional, and that's the more popular term and, f and uh, phrase that many people in the world use. Whether you are a Christian or people that's trying to uh, 
figure out what a Christian is or, or someone that think they know what a Christian is. That's a term that's used loosely. I like to say that they were used very loosely. And sadly to say, the majority, uh, let me put this down. Uh, I'm going to be walking, so you might hear my jacket moving and everything, so I'll be going back and forth. You might hear me breathing hard, but that's because I'm walking back and forth, and sometimes I can't be still. I'll just move like that. And, you know, the term Christian, most of the time, sadly to say, it's not used correctly in the Bible perspective, in the Bible way to look at a Christian. Now, what do I mean by that? First of all, in order to understand what the term really mean, you have to understand the men of the Bible. Uh, starting out with the disciples and the four gospel with Jesus. Now, the term Christian was not used. The term Christian was not used. They was, they was known as disciples. Those, those men in particular, the 12, and then uh, uh, and disciples before they became apostles. They was known as that. So, Bible readers, if you read your Bible literally, uh, specifically the King James Version Bible, because a lot of terms that's used in the King James uh, Bible will not be used in your translation, whatever translation that you have. So I want to put that out there for the ones that have a different translation of the Bible, English translation of the Bible. You know, the term Christian probably used several times, is probably used several times in a lot of uh, international Bibles. I'm not sure because there's only one Bible, uh, English translation besides the old King James is the living Bible that I uh, read and I notice they use the term Christian more than a King James Bible do. Okay, so when you go to the four Gospels, all you have to remember this: that the term Christian in the King James Bible, and maybe all the other ones too, but I just want to put this out there: does not use the term Christian when. Uh, the author is talking about the followers, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And when they focus on the followers, it's usually the twelve: Peter, James, and John, usually somewhat. They wasn't leaders then, but they was the main characters that was mentioned, mainly uh, Peter and John. You know, it was a few of them mentioned before, but mainly Peter and John, you know, even though Matthew and John also wrote books. Matthew and John, excuse me, was uh, also two of the disciples. Mark and Luke wasn't, but Matthew and John was two of the disciples, followers of Jesus. Okay? But you would notice the term Christian was never used. Why? Because uh, there, Jesus was still on earth. Jesus was walking the earth. Okay? So the term Christian is the term used after the death of Jesus. After the crucifixion and after the resurrection. You follow what I'm saying? When that term was used, and it was not used until uh, the book of Acts, which I, think, I believe Acts 11 at Antioch. Acts 11 at Antioch, when it was, you know, when it was first called Christians before it, the kingdom program transitioned over to uh, Paul's program, the gospel of the grace of God. Okay? That term was used, but it was only used three times. Two times in the book of Acts, 
And one time, I think Second Peter, the term Christian was used in the King James. Okay. Like I said, I don't know how many times it is somewhat used in other translations, but I know in the King James Bible, it was used only three times, two times in the book of Acts and one time, I think, I think it's second Peter that the term Christian was used. Okay. So that's something important. I think many believers need to understand no matter what translation you can have, it can be a misrepresentation of the true meaning, you can lose context if you call them Christians and uh, uh, for Gospels Christians if your, if your uh, translation says that. I don't know if it does or not, but I'm just saying if it does. Uh, they probably caught up by now. But just remember, the term Christian was only used three times in the Bible, period. Now, that's not what I want to talk about. You want to know more about that? Please go back to the previous couple of uh, shows and you will know why I'm going there because I put a lot of emphasis on the difference between being a Christian and a Christian that's in the body of Christ. Okay. Now, the term Christian was used for the believers, or they used to call them the ones of the way, meaning followers of Jesus. The term Christian was not ordained by Jesus to be used. It wasn't something that Paul ordained to be used. It was just showing a group of people that was following a, a, a certain person's belief, So they, which is Jesus, known as the Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Christ is not his last name. So Christ is the anointed one. You must understand that. Christ means anointed one. I know a lot of people thought Jesus Christ and Christ was his last name. No, I'm sorry. But it was Christ means the anointed one. They just called up the Christ. <clears throat> and the Greek, which means the Greek means the anointed one. Okay. So you can also say the ones that follow Christ's uh, teachings and believed in him and stuff like that, they would be known as uh, the uh, anointed one followers or the followers of the anointed one, if you use it in that Greek term. So therefore, the Bible used it as Christ followers, okay? So the term Christian was just a name meaning you are a follower of the anointed one. You are a follower. You are a follower of Christ. That's where the term Christian came from. Okay. All right. All right. Now, that's the stuff I went through. I went through a lot of things. I went through traditions and different things like that. Now, the last show that I, what I, what I, what I left off on, and the name of it was, uh, our people how, well, Traditions. I was talking about traditions. How many people that are believers and non-believers will believe in their traditions over the truth. They will follow their traditions over the truth. So I was just talking about that. Or they'll, they'll follow their traditions and they will not be open to new ideas. Not all of them, but you have some people just will stick to their traditions, good or bad, because all traditions are not bad. Okay? 
So let me throw it and get that out there. But they, whether it's good or bad, you know, and it started off good or it ended up bad, traditions still is very influential and powerful in many people's lives, saved and unsaved. Whatever faith you are in, even occults, tradition has a stronghold. Now, what I want to talk about tradition starting off, I was talking about bad traditions, you know. Then I talked about life traditions, different things why people do certain things is basically because we was conditioned in a way, no matter what. Now, let me go. What I meant by that, for the ones that don't know, uh, I was trying to um, give you an example of what the majority of the things we have learned in our lives. Now, this might be shocking to some, but if you go back, you will, try, you will know what I'm talking about. You will agree. Most of us, what we learned or even how we talk or what uh, school you go to or what church you go to, how you dance, how you walk, things like that, uh, everyday things that we do. What we believe is basically comes from what somebody traditionally told us or we heard somebody say something about that. We mimic the most of the things that we do today is we mimic it. Now, that's everybody. We mimic it from somebody or we was taught by somebody. We was either taught it from someone. It don't have to be personal all the time. If through television, whatever. And we either heard it and was influenced by what we heard or what we seen unconsciously. Now, what do I mean unconsciously? I got into the terms, you know, people talk a certain way. People walk a certain way. It's the culture thing. So we learn a lot of our lingo, whether it's uh, proper grammar or ebonics or hood talk. We learned it. We was con we was learned by a condition. We was conditioned by our environment of cultures. You see, because none of us came out talking slang. None of us came out with perfect grammar, came out as out of our mother's womb. That's what I'm talking about. None of us. We didn't just know certain things. The majority of the things that we know today, it, we was conditioned. We was programmed. So that kind of makes you think, uh, who is the real me? What do I really believe? You ever thought about that? It's scary to some people when you have to think like this. What do I really believe? Or if I wasn't influenced, you know, purposely or unpurposely, if I, well, I know that's bad grammar. <laughs> if I wasn't influenced by my surroundings or my cultural surroundings or my schooling or my teachers or my church, you know, how would I be? What would I believe in on my own? Because even in the church, what we believe and what we believe, how God is and what the Bible is teaching, we was usually, the majority of us was trained or taught by a transition, a, a, a tradition, I'm sorry, a traditional way of believing from 
the ones that's the leaders of their church most of the time. And it's the same way in life. See, same way in life. I talked about things like that. Then I talked about led it to even diets, uh, exercise, different things like that. Uh, even I asked the question, where, who, where did the term breakfast come from? See, where did that come from? Is, uh, uh, is it being scientifically proven that breakfast is the best meal or the most important meal of the day? Or have we been traditionally, conditionally programmed to believe that, whether it's true or not? That's any type of belief that was poured out. Then I even used the vaccines, the immunization shots. See, they said we must have it. Because, you know, but was it ever traditionally proved that we must have these shots and what these shots can do? Because nobody really, you know, only a few, but nobody really checked it out or done research to find out what they was putting in us. The majority of the people here in America did not do that. I'm almost, I'm almost guaranteed you about that. What food should we should be eating? You know, the majority, the, the, the diet plan for America, because it's different in different cultures, the diet plan in America was dominated mostly by uh, vegetables, grains, and different things like that, and some dairies or whatever like that, and very little meat. And that's really, that really has got really stronger really after the 60s. They started taking the meat out of a lot of stuff. Again, it was light on meats, but it was always heavy on grains and stuff like that. So, therefore, they said that that was the perfect diet, you know, for the American people to make us healthy. Okay? But did we ever research that? No. We just believed it. Because they have a certain authority. And we was taught that in our schools from kindergarten on up, elementary on up, we was taught that breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and this is what we should be eating to make us healthy, to make us healthy people. You know, stuff like that. So we was, most of the time, we was conditioned in our lives through infancy all the way up to adulthood, even through our families. We was conditioned. We was programmed to believe something. Whether the parents didn't know didn't know much or whether they was very educated, we was conditioned. So we didn't come out knowing nothing and knowing everything or what's going on. Even if our parents or people that was uh, grew up without a father in the home or they went through adoption or whatever, they were still conditioned and programmed by whatever, whoever they was around, whether it was a foster home or schooling or whatever. You, you understand what I'm saying? You, uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, that's what I wanted to uh, piggyback on today. And I'm going to, then I talked about my my phase. I'm, I, I'm, it's a four-phase lifestyle uh reconditioning uh, or reverse conditioning or reverse transitioning. What do I mean by that? Uh, I'm I, For the last several years, I've been do, try, trying to do a program that to better myself spiritually. 
physically, financially, and mentally. I call it the four phase. And what that does for me, and it takes work, what that does for me, it reconditions old traditions out of me. See, it reconditions old traditions out of me. All right? That's Christendom or the denomination I grew up in spiritually. The way I felt about foods and way I was taught traditionally, conditionally, and programmed with foods. Uh, the physical part, the financial part, uh, about making money, even to the point that many schools and colleges never told you about business or how to make money on your own. Most of them taught you how to get an education and then find a good job, correctly? So that's what I mean by that. And then, of course, the mental battles and the mental struggles and stuff like that, you know, whether it's from mental uh, uh, mental issues or, you know, like, you know, just different things that you battle with mentally. You know, either, either you was somewhat diagnosed with a certain mental issue or it was because of drugs or whatever or drinking. It's it's called reconditioning, alright? So, that's my phase, that's my four phase that I am doing. So I talked about the different diets. I got into uh, the, the, the hot fad diet today is of course the ketogenics, the keto diet. Then you have the vegan diet. You have so many diets out there that it's hard to figure out which one works and you will have more diets coming it's just the way the world rolls see and you kind of you have to say to yourself which one is right we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. Hensonshaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West. But you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Which one is correct? What is the correct diet uh, for losing weight or for nutrition to be healthy? Or is there a diet out there? Diet as your food regimen. Because uh, people want answers about diets. is not because of losing weight all the time, even though the majority of it is. But it's here in America anyway. Other countries want it. They eat certain ways for nutritional reasons. But here in America, we so obese. We are so obese, and I'm going to get into certain numbers, you know, about that. You know, ranking of numbers and different things like that. I want to talk about that, uh, about the obesity in America. But either way I go, we was, we had, we have been 
dominated and led like by tradition. And that tradition conditioned us and programmed us. No matter what area or what avenue we was in, we have been programmed the majority of our life. Let me give you another example, which I said before. I did not finish high school. Uh, the, the highest grade I went to was the ninth grade. Now, there are several reasons I believe I did not finish high school. Uh, I believe the number one reason I did not finish high school is because of my mental struggles. I've done a series on that about my mental battle, my mental illness battle. It wasn't alcohol or nothing like that because what I'm doing right now, I'm telling you, ever since elementary school, you know, I didn't finish high school or elementary going up to the ninth grade, mainly starting off is because of my MDD and, I, you know, something I just found out about, about myself and my artistic, you know, struggles. I didn't know that then, but I know that now. So I've done a lot of daydream and a lot of, you know, fantasy worlds and stuff like this. So the majority of the time, I really didn't do too much in school. Uh, and I never really challenged myself or pushed myself to learn. You know, the learning was there, but I never pushed myself to learn when it came to school. So I was somewhat closed in and different things like that. I'm not finna, I'm, I'm, I'm going around about this way for a reason. Traditionally, you had your Matthew reading, your science and home economics, mostly for a lot of ladies, but men done it too. You had your gym classes or whatever like that. I very seldom participated in a, in any of those programs besides reading because I always loved it reading. I loved reading. I knew how to write too, but I uh, everything, most of everything I learned, it was slow. You know, it was slow. So that was my... Uh, main reason, I believe, that I put on top of the list why I was never able to finish school and I had no desire. So I, I tried for my GED, but I was I never stuck with it and things like that. Then I started getting into the world and the drinking and the drugs, that stuff came later. And most of that be, it was just a medication for me to, uh, I guess it was like a defense or a medication to me because of my introvertness. You know, because I don't like to be around. I don't like being around people and stuff like that. So that was a medication and stuff like that. But all through even those struggles growing up, uh, going to church and even when I went to Job Corps and everything in my life period, all and all around through my lifetime, the majority of the things that I believe or what I believe is true used to anyway because I don't now the way I talked the way sometimes I laughed the way I dressed at times is basically unconsciously mimic from someone else. Now you cannot sit up here and tell me 
you haven't seen a person, whether you admire them, man or female, or you didn't admire them, you start copying certain things that they said or say or how they talk, you liked it, or you start walking like them. I talked about pimping and stress and stuff like that. I got into the pimping, but let me get to the females. Females, you did not come out the womb switching for attention. And you know what I mean by switching, switching your behind. That ain't something you just wanted to do. You learned it. You seen it. It's a way of someone, a man being attracted to you. So you switch. It was just like when a man, when he pimping, he strayed, he wanted to be seen by another man and women. See, that was an attraction. So you didn't come out switching your behind and stuff like that. It was taught. Not somebody just said, I'm going to teach you how to switch. You, you, that was the culture you was around. Rather in the home, but most of the time, it was from your culture. Outside and schooling and stuff like that, or who you was hanging around. See, it rubbed off, the old way to say it, it rubbed off on you for attracting men. So you switched because you wanted that man to look at you. The, the same way a man done a certain thing of uh, pimping and walking hard or dressing. It's, it's the same with the dressing. A lot of you will say, no, that ain't why I dress like that. Yes, it is a lot. Majority of the time you dress like that because you want someone to look at you. So that's why it gets me when a lot of females get upset when a man look at them like that and then they dressed half naked. You, you see what I'm saying? If you did not want attention, why do you dress like that? You could not just say because it's modest because it's not modest. It attracts attention to you, maybe because you have low self-esteem or you don't think you're beautiful or you don't think you're pretty. So you dress like somebody else because you believe that brings attention to you. How did, what made you think that? You didn't just think about that traditionally. That's the culture. That's a lot of, uh, and that culture. You learned that from culture, that, uh, that, that type of walk and that type of dress dressing will attract the opposite sex to you. Now, it does not mean that you want to be treated bad or you want to be even looked at like that, but you feel that's the only way that many men will be attracted by your figure or your makeup or whatever. See, now I'm not saying, I'm not calling your names or nothing like that, but I'm talking about culture and I'm talking about traditions. Because most of moms and dad taught you how to dress and what not to wear and what to wear. Most of us. But when we got out in the world and we got out in the neighborhoods, it depends on the culture and the area you live in. So listen to me closely. And, in, 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 and what you have learned even in school. That's where you get this from. That's where we all get certain things from. That's how powerful culture traditions are. That's where fads come from. You know, different things. I remember the actor James Cagney. One of my favorite actors, man. I, I love James Cagney. I'm going to get you your dirty rat. But, you know, he even said he don't remember saying that. But people know James Cagney by that phrase. A phrase that he don't remember even saying it. Cary Grant. Jody, Jody, Jody. 
Did Cary Grant really say that? But people made a fad out of it when they say, you remember Jody, 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 you know they talk about Cary Grant. So tradition and phases goes a long way. You know, the Groucho Marx walk, you know, the Abner Costello, man on first base and man on, you know, different different things like that. Traditionally, but I remember I remember James Cagney when they asked him how did he get his style, something like that. You know, he got a walk, he got a cool walk. Many people, including myself, called him, you know, he's he's so cool. He's almost like a black white man. <laughs> and I'm going to get back to that. That's a traditional thing, too, with black people. And uh, James Cagney said he got his twitch in his shoulders, you know, and stuff like that because he used to be a man when he was growing up uh, on the corner. And every time he talked, he always twitched his shoulders and stuff like that. So Cagney said he copied that from that man, twitching his shoulders and different things like that. So he used that in a lot of his early movies, the shoulder. And then... I believe he used it so much it came it became part of him. See, I heard I, I hung around friends that used to hung, hang around other people, you know, grew up with that they start acting like that other person even when they was drunk. They mimic that person. They act like that person. Not that they wanted to be that person, but it was something they liked about that person, even if it was revolting. They start acting like that person. They was attracted by how that person walked or talked or how funny it was. So they started acting like that, and it became part of them. See? Now, that's mainly conditioning. Now, I'm, 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 I talked about tradition, but I'm, I'm getting into conditioning now. And the reason I'm getting into conditioning is because I want, uh, I want to try to teach us, not mean us, plural, how to uncondition some false or bad traits. We need to start unconditioning ourselves spiritually, untraditionally, untraditional and unconditioning ourselves spiritually and uh, physically and in life in general. It's time for us as believers to start trying to find out what God has for our, our life. Find out, ask God through his word, who is the real you? What is your personality? What is your character? Not somebody else because we've been dominated by traditions and been conditioned by so many different people and their lifestyles. That's just the truth. You don't need science for that to prove. I mean, many of them will, philosophers will, will agree with that because even they have done it. Body movements, some of them talk and they put the, the glasses in their mouth. You know how some of these professors do? Many professors do that because they mimic in somebody else unconsciously without even knowing it. Preachers, the black church and the white church, and this all... And this also depends on the fabric. 
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba of what denomination of belief you grew up in. If it's Pentecostal, you go to the majority of Pentecostal and Holiness Church and most of the pastors, starting with the black church, because I know my black church more, they kind of preach and their approach is the same way. It's loud, it sounds, it's dress, it's movements, and you, you can have different ones preaching, but they all use a lot of the same terms and phases and movements and grunts. Most of the black churches, and, uh, and the Lord said, uh, and then and, uh, the majority of the black church, even from the Azusa days, from Seymour and all of them, does that. Also, you have white old school Southern Baptists as well as Pentecostal churches do the same thing. Now, were they taught that way? By their, uh, uh, by their, uh, church? Were they put, were they, uh, do they have a class for how to say or how to move? Is it a, was it a class for that? It probably is now, but the majority of the time growing up back then in the churches, they was just mimicking the Pentecostal church or how pastors are supposed to preach. It wasn't so much taught personally, but it rubbed off. It rubbed off. So many pastors preached and moved and used sounds that way. Tradition turns into conditioning in the church. But it also depends on what church you are. If you think about the Lutheran churches or the laid-back churches or the Catholic churches, the stiffness, the posture, the what they say, whether it's the other, the Lord, and the hand defending, and my father, most of them was trained that way. Now, I believe a lot of them was trained that way. But even if they wasn't trained, the one that wanted to be a pastor in those churches like that, they mimicked them because they think that's the way to do. Or they mimicked their pastor unconsciously. And they stopped moving. We all been through that. We all been through that. We have been conditioned. Now, oh, what is that? 
We have been conditioned like that. The majority of our life, men and women, we have been conditioned. See, tradition. There's good traditions, like I said, and there's bad traditions. Even some good traditions don't need to be changed. A lot of good traditions does not need to be changed. Or, you know, whether it's how you build something or how you, you know, how sports, uh, entertainment, acting, some traditions, some formulas is good, even for today, even if it's starting in the 30s. With a little uh, revision and adjustments are still good today. So I'm not knocking traditions all around in general, especially godly traditions. And that's why we are everywhere now, because we don't go by the traditions of the the apostles and, and the disciples of the Bible. We broke that tradition. I'm not talking about now some traditions change. Now, when it comes to the Bible, the tradition of the law was only for Israel. So the Gentiles had no business using those traditions anyway because that was a covenant law for Israel. But I'm talking about under the ministry of Paul. Most churches don't even follow Paul's traditional traditional teachings, doctrine for today. You follow what I'm saying? Most churches do not follow the sound doctrine traditional teaching of the Apostle Paul today. Most churches follow the, the traditional teachings of Jesus' earthly ministry or the four Gospels. Peter, James, John, etc. like that. They follow that tradition. Now, is that tradition wrong? No. But it's not for today. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I say some things uh, even in the Bible need to be changed. We don't need to go back traditionally wise and dress like they did in the Bible. We don't need to, as men, need to let our hair grow after they in the Bible. And women have to be covered up everywhere with veils. We don't have to do that because things change. See, it's going to be a change. But sound doctrine, when it comes to the Bible, never changes. Cultures lifestyles and stuff like that changes. But the word of God never changes. See, you understand what I'm saying? The tradition of sound doctrine of the Bible never changes. Cultures does because of technology and all kind of stuff. Things changes. But the word of God, some people call it the uh, King James or whatever, so old, out of date. And now, if you say in the King James Bible is old and out of date, you saying the Word of God is old and out of date. See, no matter what translation you get, because they all ancient when they wrote it. But the sound doctrine of the Word of God applies in any time, including today, and that depends on what traditional belief you're trying to follow. The majority of people is following the kingdom of heaven belief. See? And they are trying to apply things from the kingdom of heaven belief to their Christian life today, and then they wonder why these things are not happening. 
why they don't see real signs and wonders, why things is not happening back then, today like they did back then. First of all, you're in the wrong program and you're in the wrong tradition when it comes to belief and sound doctrine. See, you have to come to the point as a Christian. You, most Christians know they don't need to dress like the old uh, traditional way Christian and cultural uh, uh, antire was back then. Majority of believers, I'm talking about America now, United States, know they don't need to dress that way with the veils and stuff like that and whatever. They know they don't need to dress like that and different things. They already know that. See, see, brother, they believe uh, which program is for today, uh, Paul's program or the 12. They know they don't have to go back and dress like they used to dress. Most churches know that. I ain't talking about when they do a play or whatever like that. Now, I say most churches. The reason I say most kids, you have some churches that do do that. You have some occults and sects that does that. They believe the clothing and uh, uh, the facial looks makes them religious and act like the people they literally try to act like they did back then, you know. But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about most churches. No, they don't have to dress like that. They know that. But the sad thing about it, the same most churches don't look at doctrine like that. They think everything in the Bible just put together, especially when it comes to uh, the teachings of Jesus' earthly ministry compared to his heavenly ministry. The teachings that Jesus gave to the apostles, mainly Peter, James, and John, compared to the, what he, he taught Paul, they still put those things together. So therefore, just as much you know traditionally you don't have to bring that tradition here in America when it comes to dress codes and certain uh, things they done back then that applied to them that won't work today. See, because it's out of style. It's not for our culture. First of all, you know, uh, America wasn't even thought of back then. But you know, you know where I'm going. We know certain cultures and uh, certain... Uh, Rituals and stuff does not apply to the church today. Most believers know that. Most. If they don't, they should or shame on you. You ought to know that. But when it comes to sound doctrine, tradition, that never dies out. God's word never dies out. The ancient of days, God has been used and called the ancient of days in the Bibles. I mean, he's always been. He has no beginning and he has no end. So therefore, his word is for the past, for the present, and for the future. His word is always true and applicable to any generation or any dispensation. His word is always true and can be used no matter what generational dispensation. You follow what I'm saying? That's a tradition that's very good. We must hold on to sound doctrine, word of God, tradition. Very important. Then you might say, okay, what tradition, sound doctrine, tradition? Good question. Most, I'm going to the church again. Most churches know 
that they don't have to follow certain things way back in the Old Testament, uh, even before Moses, Adam and Eve and uh, early Genesis and stuff like that, uh, through Moses, the law and stuff like that, and through judges. Most churches should know they don't have to do those things. Most churches know if they march around uh, uh, the walls in their house or walls around the abortion clinic, those walls are not going to fall. Like the walls of Jericho, when the man of Joshua walked walked around seven times, they, God told him to walk around seven times. That even sounded crazy to them back then. The walls of Jericho, I'm sure a lot of you heard of the story of the walls of Jericho. God told them to walk around it seven times, and that wall, that big old giant wall will fall, and it did. Most churches know that abortion buildings, the White House and everything like that, it's not the wall of Jericho. And they can walk down, walk around. They might not even go close to the gate before they get shot down. My point is most churches know that does not apply to them today. Most churches. You got some clowns that believe that, but most churches know certain signs and wonders it's not happening today. I don't care how much you pray. Most most believers know they cannot go over an ocean or a lake or whatever, let alone a little puddle, and it will split open like the Red Sea. Most churches know that. You see what I'm saying? Most churches know that, okay? But was it the word of God? Yes, it was. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday your home is more than the sum of its parts and creating a truly extraordinary space is about more than picking the perfect products that's why the experts at ferguson bath kitchen and lighting gallery are here to help you throughout the entire process to create a home that's as unique as you are bring your vision to us schedule your showroom consultation and see more from brands like monogram at build.com ferguson was the word of God and a different dispensation. You see, it applied at that time for Moses and all that. You talk about the judges, which lasted, I think, close to 400 years. The judges. Now, who's the judges? You can look at Samuel. Not, yeah, well, he was the last judge, but Samson, Gideon, Ehud, Deborah. There was different judges. Those are, those are familiar. Gideon. These are the familiar judges. But it was a group of judges in the Bible. Powerful book to read, the book of Judges. <clears throat> okay. Judges. What God had them to do, most believers know it's not going to work for us today. You know. Even if it was for the Gentiles, it wouldn't work for us today, but it was for Jews. But even if it was Gentiles doing again, doing it then, most believers know, you know, in their heart that those things are not happening today. It's not working with them. I don't care how much you make up a thing. I had my Jericho moment. You hear all kinds of things like that. They know they're not talking about, you know, they just they just using it as a metaphor. Most teachers and preachers use it as a metaphor. Okay, Joe, what are you talking about? What does that have to do with tradition? See? 
traditionally in each of those dispensations, even in the time uh, Noah, the times of Abraham, starting in Genesis 12, Moses and Exodus, etc., on up to Jesus' earthly ministry, it was a certain tradition that they was conditioned to follow. And at that time, Israel only had one tradition they had to follow by law. They couldn't spread out and listen to anybody outside of the Jews, which was the Gentiles. Was known as heathens and uncircumcised. So traditionally, the Jews under the Abrahamic covenant before the law uh, and Abraham and his surroundings and family, traditionally they had to follow the laws, not the law as in the written law, but the commandments of God because Abraham was under a covenant. Not the Mosaic law covenant, this was before Moses. But traditionally, they had a certain belief about what God uh, traditionally expected for them to do. Starting with the circumcision when a child was born, they had to circumcise in the eighth day and different things like that. They had the sacrifices, they certain sacrifices they had to do. So that tradition was for that time, for Israel, okay? And then when the law came in the book of Exodus, starting about Exodus 19, when the law started, it was a certain tradition that they had to be conditioned for to obey the law. And if they didn't do that, they got most of them got wiped out. So it was a certain tradition they had to follow Israel. See, now the Gentiles and the pagans had their traditions of their own with pagan worship and different things like that. But they were just everywhere. They had all kind of beliefs and traditions. But I'm just singling out Israel. Israel was singular, had one traditional belief to obey the law and follow God. All the dispensations start through uh, Noah. Noah had to obey God. He had to do things a certain way. He can go outside another way to do things. Okay? So, through those dispensations, dispensations mean through those programs, how God was using people in the Bible then. That's all, that's, that's all what I mean by dispensations. They all had a tradition. Israel had a tradition. The Gentiles outside of Israel, they had their old pagan traditions. So tra traditions always been around. Traditions and rituals and conditions. See? All right. The, uh, Jesus under the ministry, which was still under the law. The four gospels, that's still the law. Okay? It was a certain tradition they had to follow. Godly traditions. What Jesus hated was man-made traditions, not traditions in itself. He knocked man-made traditions, which he still hate today. Man-made traditions. See? So God had a tradition for his people to follow. He had commandments for them to follow. So they had a certain thing they had to do. It was a tradition, even even some of their festivals, you know, uh, Pentecost and, you know, different festivals they had and different things like that. Those are what? Traditions that God ordained himself, what they had to do. But it was added with some man-made traditions, which he hated. See? So it wasn't a tradition that was a bad thing. It was a man-made they added on to his traditions. You understand, you understand what I'm saying? So most Jews was just straight out conditioned in a tradition. 
the Mosaic law, the Jewish laws, what they ate, how they dressed. It was a traditional and it was conditioned that way. Now, let me give you another example how hard it is to break out of tradition. Acts 10. Well, Cornelius, uh, Paul, I mean, not Paul, when Jesus, through the Spirit, led Peter to go to Cornelius, a Gentile. Many probably know this story. To go to the Gentiles, okay? And Peter was reluctant to do that because there was there was Gentiles had nothing to do with the uh, I mean Jews had nothing to do with the Gentiles and Gentiles had nothing to do with the Jews. Jews Gentiles was known as the uncircumcised or they was known as pig, pagans and heathens or sometimes even dogs because they lived some very perverted wicked lives. And they was known out there outside of the covenant. Gentiles was wicked and perverted. So when Peter was told to go to, to to this Italian, which is a Gentile, to tell him about the kingdom, the good news, which was the beginning that God was going to reach out to the Gentiles through Paul, Peter was reluctant. His reluctant reluctancy even showed more when he fell into a trance. And God supernaturally uh, made four different type of corners of sheets come down with four different type of animals, creatures. Then he told Peter to eat those animals. And Peter said, Lord, Lord, no, no, man. No, not man, but no, I never eat nothing unclean. Why did Peter say that? He disobeyed what God said. They don't, you don't do that. But why did Peter do it? Because he was stuck and wanted to stay, stand in his tradition. He was conditioned to stay in his tradition. What was his tradition? The Jewish Mosaic law, which God gave to them. It was a strict law. Peter was a whole, I mean, Peter was sold out to the law. Not man-made law, but God's traditional law. I'm trying to make it plain and simple. So it was certain when it came to the creatures, the Jews was only allowed to eat certain type of creatures. They was allowed to certain creatures they could not touch. It, it's a sin. They could not do it. Then the creatures had to have a blood. Some of them had to be bloodless. And they had to be perfect. They couldn't have no deformity or nothing like that, even through sacrificial times. So Peter knew those animals God showed him was animals that was forbidden for a Jewish a Jewish person under the law to eat. So Peter's response to disobey was correct because by God's law through Moses, the Mosaic law, they could not eat every those four creatures God sent down. They a Jewish person was not allowed to eat. That's why Peter said, no, I never eat nothing unclean. Why? Because those animals that God told him to eat was against the traditions of the Jewish law. You see what I'm saying? And then what did God say after this? Probably blew Peter's mind. What I have made or created do not call unclean. Peter never heard nothing like that. It's almost like God contradicting himself. It's almost like God contradicting himself. But God was letting Peter know 
that the law is finna be stopped. Tradi that tradition that Peter was in, which is a condition to obey and follow, was finna be stopped and postponed. He didn't know that then. He did not know that then because God didn't tell him that was finna happen. But God was preparing him to let him know the law is finna be postponed because uh, the Jews in Israel disobeyed God for the final draw at the stoning of Stephen in Acts 7. That's when the Jews scattered and set the apostles. The Jews scattered. So that was the final stroke. That was like the blasphemer of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus talked about. They blasphemed the Father. They blasphemed the Son by killing him. Now they blaspheme the Holy Spirit with the stoning of Stephen. Not Stephen so much, but not believing it's the Holy Spirit that's moving. So that's the third strike. That's blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. So they blasphemed the Holy Spirit. That's what, then their program was stopped. And God started a new program with the Gentiles through Saul of Tarsus, who was also persecuting the Jews' kingdom program. Okay? But anyway, that's why Peter was reluctant because he was caught up and bent down in his traditional condition, which is a good thing at that time under the law. Peter did not want to break the law because he know the consequences of breaking God's law, the Mosaic law. But when God told him, whatever I have made, let no man call unclean, Peter, I have no doubt he was still confused. And later down, down the line, he explained it, I think, close to Acts 15, 16, something like that. He explained that to the congregation that said no stuff like that, that James spoke up or whatever, you know, but I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, my point is tradition. Peter was traditionally conditioned in that program, but it was finna stop. A new program and a tradition is finna come now. The gospel of the grace of God. See? Another doctrine, another teaching, another program, but with no condition strings attached that would be given to you freely eternal life to go to heaven only by believing by faith alone. That's the doctrine from today. Therefore, that's like a godly tradition now for the body of Christ. So we as believers, we must be conditioned and the teachers of Paul now. But only difference is we're not under the law. We do this freely. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if we take hold of what the Bible says under the teachers of Paul, the 13 letters of Paul, if we take hold what he's telling us in those letters and we make it we, we get we get we make it as a tradition to learn that and we stand on the word of God of what the Bible says about what his word is saying not man or many pastors or churches or traditions not man-made traditions but godly word of God tradition you see how far and how strong we will be? But no, Satan's master plan, because he already got fooled uh, <clears throat> by the gospel of the grace of God through Paul. He never knew that was coming. He thought that was it when he uh, 
had Jesus crucified on the cross. He didn't know nothing about the mystery, the hidden truth, or nothing like that. But anyway, uh, he's, he's very upset. See? Now, the reason I'm going all around about there, that's how strong traditions are. That's why I just want to let you guys know when I talk about traditions, I'm not saying all traditions are bad. See, all traditions are bad. Some traditions even started off well and good. Okay? The next show I'm going to, because I'm not going to have time to do it on this show because of time constraints, I'm going to read some articles about the beginnings of the term breakfast and how come, what, what, what where, where did this regimen of, uh, Diets or what we should be eating here in America come from? Where did it start? And then I always ask the question: Is it a biblical mandate, or is this something God said we should do, or is it a man-made tradition? See, I'm going to get into a lot of uh, things on that, and you might be shocked that a lot of things we were taught traditionally in America through health. You know, uh, through school, through racism, the teachers of racism, history, and all this stuff that we was taught in America was man-made. Started off, I think some started off well, but you also had a group out there that done these things purposely. Okay. But we know why anyway. You know it's Satan. But I'm just I'm just putting it in that way. Traditions. And the church, traditions and schools. Traditions and the government. Traditions is so strong when it gets a hold to you. And when the majority of your life you've been told what you need to be eating. What medicines you should be taking? What vitamins you should be taking? I'm talking about government programs now. What shots you need to be taking? You know, they made it mandatory. We was conditioned by those traditions to believe that it was true. That it was true. All right, I took a little pause there, okay? I hope you all getting something out of this. Uh, please, I hope you, uh, you all getting something out of this because this is very important. And remember, a lot of things that I'm talking about is just by memory. I don't have no articles in front of me, but I will have some articles on my next podcast. What I'm just talking about now is just something that I'm thinking about common sense. And I hear it from different people, not exactly what I'm saying, but I just add, you know, I've been adding all this stuff up because we have been lied to so much by our own government. We have been lied to so much. And it's sad that a big chunk of the things that the government, I'm not saying all, told us that was uh, uh, tradition-wise was either for a certain agenda or they just think they can choose things that was best for us. You know, I'm not saying it was all for a wrong reason because you have two type of groups out there. But my point is, traditionally, the government... Uh, teachers and churches was wrong about a lot of stuff, but we was already conditioned. 
See, it was hard to just take that belief away. Even if you found out years later, many people still go hold on to that traditional belief because they're conditioned now. They're conditioned now, you know, on certain beliefs. But, uh, foods to eat. What type of foods we should be eating? And the breakdown of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, even down to the times. Where did that come from? Who started that and why? And what scientific proof that they have that proves what they told us actually works? See, did they have uh, a test? Did they have you know, exams or whatever, like they remember. A lot of, when it came to breakfast, these came out, what, 50, 60 years ago and stuff like that. So they didn't have the technology of what we got now. So what was their proof coming from? What proof that uh, Sylvester Graham, the somewhat father of the term eating breakfast and how to eat certain foods in the morning come from? Now, the term breakfast, uh, I'm going to give you the definition on that in the next podcast, but I'm not getting into definitions now because it's, you're going to be, it's, an, it's amazing where, where some of these definitions came from. But back then, we never, we never questioned or even within our mind to question what the breakfast means. We just knew it was a certain type of meal we eat early. Then, not only that, we was traditionally conditioned to say that breakfast is basically eggs, bacon, etc., like that, famous like that, you know, stuff like that traditionally. Eggs, bacon, then came cereal and different things like that. It start, things that started being added later on down the line, but it was a certain type of meals, dairy and protein, that we was conditioned to believe that that's the right breakfast to eat, starting off in the morning. That's why the majority of Americans, when they ate breakfast, if it wasn't cereal, most of the time it was a good hearty breakfast, eggs, bacon or sausage or whatever like that, you know. Some people ate oatmeal, some people ate grits, it started developing more. But it was all that, it was it was always in that order when it came to breakfast of what to eat. If you didn't have that, you ate cereal, which was put on the breakfast leaves as well. The old-fashioned cornflakes and stuff like that. It depends. That, that's when you think about breakfast. What comes? To, what vision comes to your head? Those things. Why? Because we were traditionally conditioned to believe that was the type of food we needed to eat for that particular time. We never researched it or even questioned it. We just believed it. Okay. Most of us don't even know where it came from. We just believed because our parents said that's what we had to do. I know I did. I didn't know where it come from. I just, I don't even remember the first time I even heard of it. I just knew that was it was embedded in us growing up. See? Traditionally. They ain't had lunch. When you think about lunch, what do you think about? Sandwiches, bologna, you know, mostly sandwiches in my family. Peanut butter and jelly, different things like that for lunches. You know, sandwiches, mostly for lunches. Like a quick sandwich lunch. Dinner, a full meal. You know, you have your protein, you have your carbohydrates, you have your vegetables. That's known as a dinner. I'm not going to get into desserts. Usually desserts are sweet. 
That's what desserts mean, something sweet. But that's a, a traditional American meal program. Then you have to ask, what was the uh, calorie intake that was traditionally we was taught? Was it 1,200 or, I don't forget, 2,000 calories per day? Something like that. Somebody please look that up. We was told the best amount of calories for us that we need to be eating today was between 1,200 and 2,000 calories per day. We never questioned that. We just believed it, even though most of us didn't, didn't follow that anyway. But that was by the FDA requirements for the American diet. See? Not losing weight, but that was the American diet in that order. We was traditionally conditioned to follow that pattern. Okay? But back then it seemed it weird not to eat breakfast. Seemed like you missed something because you didn't follow that order. You didn't follow that tradition. Let me speak for myself. Because growing up, we ate breakfast. We sat at the table and we ate breakfast. You know. Remember the hollering? People said in different ways, get up here and eat your breakfast, boy, huh? Or get ready for breakfast. Wash your hands. Brush your teeth. Wash your face. Get ready for breakfast to go to school. Okay? Then later on down the line, schools had the free breakfasts and stuff like that. Oh, I remember that very well. Woo! I still taste those donuts when I think about going to school. Hot donuts! Ah! Okay, let me get off that. That's when that's when food was more real and you had plenty then in my in my in the baby boomer times. It's ridiculous what they give kids now. A lot of junk. But anyway, but they call it healthy. But anyway, breakfast. If you didn't eat breakfast at home, then families started fading away from breakfast, especially the black families. You know, we didn't have breakfast set up like that all the time. A lot of us black families, but so that our parents made us to get up early enough to go to school and get the breakfast at school. We didn't worry about lunch because we already schooled in. And then we ate dinner at home. But breakfast, you have to get that, get that breakfast at a certain time, about 7 o'clock. If you didn't make it there, then you will miss breakfast. And mentally, mentally, that didn't feel right with me. But it's not like nothing, something was going to happen to me. But conditionally, I felt like, man, I miss breakfast, man. That ain't cool. Because that's one of the most important meals of the day. I was, most of us was taught that. Most of us was taught that, okay? But is it true? Is it really? Was it really? Was it ever a a true, was it ever uh, proven that breakfast was the most important meal of the day. You have different theories or whatever like that because it makes you energize, it makes you feel better. Some of that is true. Some of that is true. But that does not still make it the most important because like I said, that's an American tradition. But other cultures, if they ate early, a lot of them didn't eat bacon and eggs and stuff like that because of cultural differences and what they ate and everything like that. So was it really what we ate? You have to think about that because other cultures didn't look at breakfast. They even called it a different name. Breakfast is an American name. See, cultures caught on later on because a lot of Americans went in and colonized those countries. But I'm talking about before then, they didn't follow no traditional breakfast. like.
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday your home is more than the sum of its parts and creating a truly extraordinary space is about more than picking the perfect products that's why the experts at ferguson bath kitchen and lighting gallery are here to help you throughout the entire process to create a home that's as unique as you are bring your vision to us schedule your showroom consultation and see more from brands like monogram at build.com ferguson Americans, because I used to think the, the regimen for breakfast, lunch, and dinner was for the world. I didn't know. I didn't know it was American tradition. And it was, never was a fact that those things was that important to us. I didn't know if I could eat I could eat dinner early in the morning. I didn't know I could eat lunch early in the morning. It didn't have to be eggs and cereal, because I used to eat cereal at night, laid on down the line. And, it, you know, I used to do all this. We used to, most of us just switch up. We don't look at it no more. We just eat what we eat and still call it breakfast. But the traditional food pattern has changed so much. People still eat breakfast, but they might eat a steak. They might eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They might eat a hamburger. They might eat something, but the name breakfast is still set in their head. But the traditional entrees are not the same. But it still dominates, but it's not the same. Because I eat eggs mostly late at night when I got older than I did in the morning. You understand what I'm saying? So is that so-called traditional way, is that uh, proven fact that those uh, ways of eating would help us? Or what we ate would help us? Okay. I'm going to... I'm going to come to to the conclusion of what what all I was talking about, how we've been conditioned by our surroundings, churches, schools, you know, government programs and uh, friends, family, mom, dad, sister, brothers. We all have been conditioned by traditions to each other, you know. And that's the way we do things, see. We wasn't set in a certain uh, traditional program like the Jews. They had to follow God's ways. The Jews did. See? We're not under the law. So therefore, we are free, Jew and Gentiles, to do certain things the way we want to do it. See? Under the law, if Gentiles and Jews was under the law, we have to follow only God's way. You understand what I'm saying? But we are free while under grace now. So God give us that freedom to choose our own way and different things, you know, and, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference. That's the difference right there. We have, we are under grace. See? But under the law, if the world was under the law, a lot of us would be gone today. Because we, most of us break God's law. Most of us does. But we're not under the law. God had one tradition. 
And that depends what dispensation it was, what program it was, but it was always one condition with God, one tradition. You couldn't go outside that tradition. And as long as that tradition was there, you had to follow it. And when he stopped it and went to another tradition, you had to go to that tradition. See, that's Israel had to walk through that. See, under the law, we are under grace. We are free to choose and do different traditions because we under grace. You understand what I'm saying? See, all right. This is so much to this. The diet that I'm doing. Remember, I talked about the three well-known. I don't know too much about the Pilates diet. and But the three well-known when it comes to high-protein, low-carb, is uh, the Atkins, uh, the keto. What did you just say for the Atkins? I'm, I'm saying it in an order from low to high, low to extreme. The Atkins, the keto, the lion. And the carnivore. Those, the four hot fat diets out there, you know, when it comes to high protein, low carb, okay? Atkins, high protein, low carbs to moderate carbs. Keto, high protein to low carbs, very low carbs. Lion, high protein. High fat. Listen closely. The lion diet. High protein. High fat. No carbs. But some seasoning. You can add a little green carbs if you want to. But basically it's very little carbs. Even as little as 5 to 10 grams. That's like the the lion diet. High protein. All meats. Okay. All meats, all fishes, you know, and stuff like that. And fats, butter and stuff like that, lard and stuff like that. Then you have the carnivore diet. The extreme carnivore diet is strictly meat only. No seasoning. No carbs. Zero carbs. That's the extreme high-protein diet. It's strictly meat. They don't say all animals, but you can eat all animals like the uh, the lion diet, but they most, from what I hear, they mainly, eat, they mainly eat a lot of steak, a lot of beef and stuff like that. But you can eat pork, you can eat bacon and whatever, et cetera, like that, you know, sausages, whatever. But the focus seems to always be on a lot of beef, a lot of steak, you know, organic steak, if you can afford it. Affordability, but if you can't, you still can eat meat. Period. It all it still works. Now, which one works? All of them works. All of those diets work. The Atkins, I done the Atkins. It works. I lost sixty three, sixty some pounds off the Atkins diet. See, even if I had done that diet alone. I don't need no science proof to prove that it doesn't work for us weight loss because I, 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 I was the guinea pig. I tried it. I done it. And it is, I lost weight. 
See, only reason I stopped is when I got to the product that's called a keto flu. And I started getting a little woozy, and, but I didn't know that was my body changing. Was, it was getting used to not eating sugars. If I would have knew that then, I would have kept going on the Atkins because I still think the Atkins is a pretty decent diet. The keto was no different than the Atkins to me. The only difference with the keto is keto was more stricter. And you whatever program you start with, it didn't have no buildup like the Atkins did. You just have to start that way and finish that way. You know, the lion diet is much stricter than both of them, you know, as far as that. You know, all meats close to little cal- little carbs to no carbs. You can do either or on a lion diet. But lion diet, basically, you can add some carbs if you want. It depends what type of carbs. Just no bad carbs, like macaroni and cheese and potatoes and stuff like that. Carbs as in veggies, you know, as far as that. As in veggies. And then you have the carnivore diet, which is one of the most strictest, I believe, extreme. You know, all of them work. But if you notice, all of them put emphasis on high protein. Then the last two, the lion and the, uh, the carnivore, put emphasis on high protein and high, high fat. Now, what do I mean by that? Remember, you used to get pork loins. That carries a lot of pork and different things on a burger. You, uh, you was taught, we was taught to get lean meat. That means take the, take the fat out. You know, pork loins. Make sure you get that fat off that pork loin. And get mad if you see somebody eating this. Don't eat that fat. It's bad for you. Pork is bad for you. Anyway, don't eat that fat. You know, the white part around there and different things. That's what I mean, fat too. Both the carnivore and uh, 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 the lion diet highly recommend that you eat everything on that meat, especially the fat. Especially the fat. They recommend that you eat butter. They they disrecommend using any type of oils unless it's coconut oil or avocado oil or something like that. But any type of oil like vegetable corn oil, they are totally against that for one reason. They use a lot of big words. I ain't get into that. But the main power of all three, four period, is high protein meats. Some just ask. In other words, the carnivore and the lion program, they recommend eating everything of an animal, even the organs. Yes, all organs. Now, they don't make you do it, but it's just saying, you know, because the livers, the heart, the groins, Male and stuff like that. Anything, most of the parts are organs anyway, but they put emphasis on eating the organs of the animal. So that's everything on the animal, including the bones. And they use bones even good for you because they say you use it as the broth. Very interesting. You use that as the broth. So they believe in eating the whole animal, not the toenails or nothing like that. But I'm just saying when it comes to the organs and the meat, everything on animals. That's mainly the lion and the carnivore, especially the carnivore diet. If you want to, it's eatable. That's my point. It's nothing you have to do, but they just let you know you can't eat that. Some people like to eat certain raw. I can't go there. Some things people like to eat it without eating seasoning. I, I got to have some seasoning, man. Not on everything, but most meats, man, I got to put some seasoning to it. See? So it's an open, free diet that you can do. You don't have to go to extreme. Now, most of those diets put a lot of emphasis on high-protein meats and fats. 
You know, do you notice something? Give me about 10 more minutes. Do you notice something? Traditionally, let's go back to the American traditional diet. What's the most neglected food that most traditional, our traditional diet said don't eat? It's the meat, which brings the protein. They put more emphasis on vegetables over the grains and meats and everything on vegetables, correct? So that's the total opposite of the keto diets or the carnivore diets or the lion diets or the Atkins diets. The total opposite. You see what I'm saying? The total opposite. We was traditionally told to eat this way because meats are bad for us. You know, drink our juices and stuff like that. Remember all that? Drink our orange juice and whatever like that. Eat fruits. Those are the traditional American value. What they call it? The, the FDA or the RDA value. Stuff like that for an American diet. The carnivore, the lion, the keto, and the Atkins especially the last three, keto, lion, and carnivore. It's the total opposite of a American traditional diet. So what you think what what do you think is happening when they hear about these keto diets? You think they for it or against it? Think about it. You think they will be for it or against it? Most of the time, a hundred percent against it. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday your home is more than the sum of its parts and creating a truly extraordinary space is about more than picking the perfect products that's why the experts at ferguson bath kitchen and lighting gallery are here to help you throughout the entire process to create a home that's as unique as you are bring your vision to us schedule your showroom consultation and see more from brands like monogram at build.com ferguson Because their traditional teaching is meat is bad. All that stuff is bad. We was conditioned to believe that meat is bad. So what's going to happen? It's going to be a lot of negativity and all kind of horror stories about eating a lot of meat and what's happened to some of the people that was on these all meat diets. They're going to focus. They're going to do some scientific proof. And this is real proof and focus on certain ones that suffered in a bad way off of these high keto diets. They're going to and they're going to use that little data to prove that eating a lot of meat is bad for you. So they're going to put you. I got you. I told you so when they do a study on certain people that didn't make when Dr. Atkins somewhat, they said, failed and slipped and hit his head. They weren't, they, weren't, they weren't really concerned about him hitting his head. They was trying to, like, they was trying to open up this man's body and see how much junk and food he had in him. 
Remember, I remember years ago when somebody said John Wayne. How true did this? I don't know. When John Wayne died, they said John Wayne's testicles was so full up with meat and junk and stuff like that. In other words, they made eating a lot of meat a bad, evil thing, and we bought it. We 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 got conditioned to believe that. Many still believe it now. See, many still believe it now, and they're going to continue to believe it. Okay? The next podcast, I'm going to talk about some comparisons. Now, before I go, is that true? Is me bad for you? Is even pork bad for you? Now, don't, don't get me wrong. It's something some people can't digest. But isn't that the same with vegetables? Some people can't eat vegetables. Now, the same little uh, research they done that the people that failed on keto diets, you and I and the other side can also go back and find people that suffered and died just eating vegetables. Vegetarians had heart attacks and died and had bad arteries and stuff like that. They could do the same thing. So how could you say eating more plant food, they call it now, is better than eating more, more safe than eat more meat? Now, this is something I didn't even know about. Maybe you did. Now, according to the meat, people, the carnivores and the lion people, they get them, they call themselves names. They call themselves carnivore, carnivore people, which means meat eaters. So they have clubs and groups and stuff like that. Me, I don't like nobody putting a label on me. Remember I said I don't even like you putting a dispensation label on me. I don't like a label. I don't call myself none of them. Even if I might do certain things, I don't, don't call me that name. I don't put a label on me. But you have certain groups that call themselves, you know, a carnivore or a lion or a, um, I follow an Atkins program. I'm an Atkinette or whatever they want to call it. I don't like that. I, I don't go there, you know. But my point is, I forgot what my point was. Ah, I lost it. Okay. I got a few more minutes. I'm trying to stop right at uh, uh, my timing. Let me see here. Right at uh, the next eight minutes, okay? Like I said, on my next show, I'm going to talk about, you know, the history of stuff like that. Then I'm going to uh, talk about the data that I looked at. This is not exhaustive. So the data about the rankings, what America ranks in obesity and stuff like that. Because I was also uh, told traditionally that America was, was the uh, the most overweight in the most obese country. I was, I believe that I heard somebody else say this. I didn't hear it in school or training, but I heard somebody else say this, so I believe that. And now I find out it's not true. America is not the number one obese uh, nation. Thank God. But it's high up there. <laughs> and I'll tell you what position America is ranked. You know, and I had no idea that Spain... In 2022, on my last podcast, I said 2023, but I was that was the era I was talking too fast. But 2022, Spain was ranked as the most healthiest nation. Spain, the number one most healthiest nation. Spain. I did not know that, but I researched it. Is it exalted? Because things change each year. Positions change each year. Spain dropped all the way to 22 in 2023, so I don't know what's right. See, you got to be careful with data because things changes. You know, my point is when it comes to the high protein diet versus the plant food diet, vegan, 
versus the high protein. Some people might call it the carnivore or whatever, I, you know. But the high meat and fat diet compared to the vegan diet, you know. I'm going to get into that. Okay, I had to pause. You heard that loud noise and the loud music. Even that's tradition. Somebody mimicking somebody else. Man, blast and move and drive back. We've been doing that when I was in the out in the world. We've done the same thing. So I'm not knocking it, but I'm just saying all this started from tradition. We want tradition to just say, keep your radio down and listen to it yourself. We want tradition to show off. Look at me. Look at us. See, that's even a tradition, a condition. Well, anyway, you see my point. I make my point, you know. But anyway, uh, is I forgot what I was. Okay, I was going to talk about vegetables right quick. I got five more minutes. I was talking about vegetables. I just read this study, and I was listening to these YouTubes. And uh, you have some people that's extreme against no vegetables. And now I'm going to tell you why I disagree with that. But but they got a point. But I still so I need to do more research on that. Let me just put it that way. I'm against not having no vegetables at all. Just as much I'm against having no carbs at all. I don't know what that was. Do not ask me. I don't know what that was. But remember, we downtown. I told you we hear all kind of sounds downtown, but I don't know what that was. If I hear ambulance, then I knew uh, that means something exploded. But let's keep going. Four minutes. Uh, boy, that got me right there. <laughs> and I'm not going to edit it either, you know, because this is, you know, whatever. But anyway, we was told that meat was bad for us. But you have extreme on both sides. I'm going to get into that. You have extreme, extreme uh, meat lovers that call themselves carnivores, and you have extreme uh, all vegetable, vegan. You have extreme anything. Remember I was talking about that, you know? And no matter what you believe in or what you promote, you're going to have an opposition, and they're going to have their somewhat data. I believe in data. What I don't like is when people pick out a little data and make it as 100% data that something is wrong. That's false data. I like a broad data and compare themselves one for the It's just like a placebo test, you know? Because when somebody tells you about results on either diets, the first thing they say, oh, well, that's anecdotal. Anecdotal mean it has not been proven by science. That's all anecdotal mean. But does it make it? Does that make it? Is, does that make? Do that prove that what's happening to me is wrong? No, because you are your best test. You've seen it on whatever diet you on make good false weight lost in your life. You've seen, you you experienced it. So no matter what science or proof that you think I need to have, no, I am the proof. I used to wear, no, I'm not talking about me in general, but I've done the Atkins diet. I don't need a stamp science proving that it doesn't make you lose weight. I'm proof. I lost 60-some pounds, and others have lost hundreds of pounds on a high-protein, low-carb diet. I never lost even close to that on just eating vegetables and a certain meal. 
I've been on combination diets. What those type of, those diets is you have, depending on your body size, your body frame, they, they, they line up certain carbs and vegetables and proteins you should be eating. I went on something like that. I lost weight on that, but you got to eat at least six times, six small meals a day on that one. Bland, bland ass, no seasoning. I didn't stay on that because I didn't like the no, I didn't like all that bland stuff. That's how, that's what I heard the Pelias diet is like. Bland, no seasoning. No butter, none of that. No, I can't do that, man. I'm not saying it's not good, but I can't do it. That's why I got off that other diet. It was good, but I didn't like the bland stuff. I got the, I like seasoning. I got to have some salt or something. Well, anyway, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to talk about those more, and I'm going to read a little data, you know. And you might say, Joe, what one you was on? I'm in between keto and lion. What do I mean by that? I'm closer to the lion, uh, the lion diet, which I'm doing for 30 days, and I'm seeing incredible results. But I'm not even into it only for the weight loss. I'm in it for the nutritional reasons that I have been told that it'll do. And people have, you know, or testimonies about that. I'm seeing results already. I'm not shocked about the weight loss because I already know how protein, low-carb works. You're going to drop the weight, mainly water, water, water weight first. I already know no matter how much meat you eat, the more meat you eat, the more weight you're going to drop. I already know, you know, bad experience, that works. So you don't have to prove that to me. I'm more, I want to see proof of the nutritional values and the changes from the diabetes and different, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Not so much the weight loss now because I don't have a problem. I can lose the weight and I can learn the maintenance. But if it's nutritional values on it, like a lot of these people saying, that's my final diet. I'm not, I, I never got another diet anyway. I just always trusted uh, the low carb, uh, high protein diet over any other diet because, you know, I see results in those diets. I've never seen it in no other diets. And I tried several and it's the only one I tried that done it, you know, that worked their way. So I'm going to get into that. Okay, but until then, salvation is for today. If you never accepted Jesus Christ in your life by believing what he done for you on the cross, his death, burial, resurrection, this is your time today. No matter what diet that you are on physically, you need a spiritual diet now of salvation. And that's believing in the death and burial of Jesus Christ and what he done for you on the cross. When you believe that, you shall be saved. And it's free. It's really free. It's just your belief, okay? Believe that, and you shall be saved. Believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again. You are assured of your salvation. So even if you're in bad health, and I'm not recommending that, try to be in the best health we can. If something happened to you, you are instantly with Christ. To live as Christ, to die is gain. Be out of the body, be instantly with the Lord. Into heavenly places. God bless you, love you all. Until next time, we're going to continue on conditional diets. Then I'm getting to the spiritual diets for the church. God bless you. Bye-bye. Peace out. Let's out, baby. know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts 
It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.